it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Christian Watson. You're listening to Undercover Ops. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Undercovered Ops. And it's a good one. I'm happy. I'm in a good mood. The waiver wires cleared this week on Tuesday and Wednesday in all of my leagues. And I had to put in zero, count it, zero claims for Christian Watson. And you're saying, well, well, Christian Watson was the, the biggest ad of the week. Everybody was putting all their fab in for Christian Watson. You're right. But if you tuned in, week 10, Undercovered Ops, the five league winners. Christian Watson was on that list. I talked about the five league winner candidates for the 2022 season, and we smashed it out of the park. Christian Watson, who became this week's most expensive waiver ad. Cole Komet scored two more touchdowns. Is looking like the Cole Komet we asked for in the preseason. Yes, an injury did kind of come up this week. He looks like he's limited, but I'm assuming he's going to be playing this weekend. We'll know a little bit more when Saturday rolls around. The running back we talked about, Jalen Warren, the door opened up all the way this past week and with another injury to Najee Harris. I mean, it's a matter of time. Like I said, the last two weeks before they put Najee on a block of ice and Jalen Warren is the bell cow for the rest of the season. That is league winner status from the running back position. You're getting a full workload. The way people looked at Najee in the preseason, Jalen Warren has been twice the back Najee has during the season. It's just the way it is right? We don't always get the hit on all these guys. Najee Harris, we know what he is from a talent perspective, but he's been banged up all year. Jalen Warren, just better, point blank. And sometimes in the NFL, you get stuck in these situations where teams have to play certain guys like Najee, like a Darren Waller, uh, like Kenny Galladay, because he's banged up, like because he's shit and he get paid so much and they kind of just have to like, well, he's healthy. So I guess we're going to play him for 35%. It's like, it's the NFL. It's a business. We get that. But Jalen Warren, Cole Komet, Christian Watson was a very, very good week. Obviously, Jalen Warren, we've been adding him for close to two months now. But it's time. If you haven't had him, you have to have him. You can't drop him. You can't do any of that shit. You have to keep going there. The bye weeks this week, Jacksonville, Miami, Seattle, Tampa Bay. There was no bye weeks in week 12. Again, it is Thanksgiving next week. Shout out to everybody. Enjoy those times with your family. No bye weeks in week 12. And then Arizona and Carolina come back in week 13. Before week 14, the big final bash of buys, Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Indianapolis, New Orleans, and Washington. So basically, we're just running extremely pure on Undercovered Ops. And today's show is going to be mentioning all of that. But first, we have to thank our main sponsor of this show. It's brought to you by Prediction Strike. Use the promo code UNDERWORLD to receive a free player share with a $20 deposit limited to one per customer. The first ever stock market for professional athletes, Prediction Strike allows you to buy and sell shares, build portfolios, and operate in a live market using real money. Prices move based upon how athletes perform relative to their fantasy projection each week. So if somebody's projected for 
6.6 fantasy points and they score 26.6 fantasy points, they're going to grow. If they're projected for 26.6 and they score 6.6, they're going to fall. If they're projected for anything less than five, they will not move in that given week. There's a show on Discord right now from Aaron Stewart, our main man Aaron Stewart, talking about prediction strike week in and week out. He's got a very, very... Um, What's a nice way to say this? He's on a hot streak right now. He's been on a hot streak for about six weeks now with the prediction strike. And he breaks down how to use prediction strike and how to take advantage of it and not to buy guys that are projected for less than five fantasy points if you're playing on a week-to-week basis because the guys that are projected for less than five fantasy points, 5.0, they do not move on any given week. So even if you're going for a undercovered guy like Quez or Mike Strawn, some guy like that where you want to hold them in dynasty for a while because you can potentially get a return on investment down the line. You're not going to want to do that in prediction strike week in and week out because guys like that are projected for 2.3, 4.3. And if, if they have a 15 point output, there will be no return on investment that given week. And then the projection will come out next week and there'll be like a 7.2. And the likelihood that that player repeats is very unlikely. So tap in on Discord, discord.gg forward slash player profiler. Every Thursday, Aaron Stewart is talking through the prediction strike buys and ads, buys and sells. He also has an article going up on playerprofiler.com in the article section, which is predicting and striking on players on prediction strike. Go check that out as well. We're going to jump into the show today with three situations to monitor competitions three teams three situations three things we need that i think are very important going into this fantasy playoffs obviously we talked about the big guys last week christian watson cole Komet, david bell jalen warren uh samori Ture, uh, a bevy of players that i think are league winners this right here right now is three situations that i am very interested in to see what happens over the course of the next few weeks foremost we're going to start out with the new york football giants again seven and two coming out of the bye i expect targets targets from wandell the snap share stayed up rising again as it has every week this year 77 percent up from 68 67 22 route share up 80 percent from 77 74 32 the boom game is coming for wandell robinson new york was able to skin their teeth they literally threw the ball 17 times against houston and won by eight 24 to 16 also, shout out to Saquon Barkley, 35 carries, 36 touches in this football game. They literally said, you know what? Saquon's better than every player on the entire football field. Let's give him the ball 36 times and see what happens. So it was uh, not a good showing for anybody else on the field other than Saquon and obviously for Houston, Damian Pierce and Nico Collins. But Wandale was limited yesterday with a hamstring injury. If he he does miss any time, I, I I hope he doesn't because I again I talked about this a couple weeks ago being him being the next Amon Ross St. Brown the late season you know target monster Amon Ross St. Brown from last year Isaiah Hodgins was added from the Buffalo Bills just a few weeks ago he's a deep one to watch the news last week was that Galladay was going to play however he only saw thirty eight percent snap ten routes two targets zero fantasy points zero points in the last four games that Galladay has played in. He doesn't play very much. Hodgins, however, had 62% snap share with two targets. Brian Dayball was asked, why'd you bench Kenny Galladay? Well, that question probably didn't need to be asked because Kenny Galladay is... I mean, you, you've you seen how dark toasts gets when you put it in the toaster, you go down once, you crank that baby all the way up, and then it comes up, and maybe you walked in the other room to brush your teeth and you forgot that the toast was in there, and you come back and you put the toaster back down. Oh, I'm just going to warm it up. And then you run back to the bathroom and you come back and you forget that you actually turned the toaster on and it gets popped back up and now it's cold again. And you're like, shit, so you take a knife, 
and you kind of scrape the crumbs off, scrape the, the, the dark crumbs off, the, the, the burnt ends, I guess you'd say, of the, of the toast so that you can see the clean part. It's still cold, right? So you're going to put it back down one more time, push it back down, and the toast overheats again. But this time you caught it right the last minute. You took it out, and it's burnt to shreds again. So you just throw it in the garbage. But you kept trying, right? That's pretty much what the New York Giants are doing with Kenny Galladay. They keep trying, but it's it's so you've burnt this toast four times. Be done with it. But Isaiah Hodgins, Brian Dayball was asked on benching Galladay. We just decided to play Isaiah. Small notes like that. They like Isaiah Hodgins. He just came over from Buffalo, 6'4", 210 out of Oregon State. The reason he didn't play and pan out in Buffalo is a simple fact. They got too many dudes. Davis, Diggs, Shakir, McKenzie. That's not bad. I like Isaiah Hodgins. I'm stashing him in deep leagues um, with opportunities. I obviously love Wandale Robinson much more. They're using Darius Slayton enough. Daniel Bellinger might be back in the next few weeks, but Isaiah Hodgins is an interesting one. If they just straight up prefer him to Kenny Galladay, we shouldn't see much more Kenny Galladay. Uh, they should just throw that toast in the trash can instead of putting the toast back in the toaster because it ain't it ain't working for Kenny. Kenny's getting that big payday. Just move on. Be done with it. The number two situation to monitor is the Los Angeles Rams backfield. The Los Angeles Rams offensive line is bottom of the league in every metric. They're not a team you really want to have a player on, uh, a running back especially. Um, we've seen Cooper Cup go down. The Rams are 22nd in time to throw, 32nd in hurry rate, and they are 20th in run blocking with 31 sacks allowed on the season. Again, this is bottom five. They're not good. They're It's a, it's a horrible offensive line. They lost Whitworth. Whitworth is really, I mean, as old as he was, over 40. He brought the offensive line together, and that's what these older guys do. So I'm not asking you to go out and get a running back, per se. I'm asking you to go out and get a satellite back. This team sucks. They just lost Cooper Cup, like I said. In Kyron Williams' season debut last week, he had 28% snaps. That's his debut, his rookie debut. He's been injured all year. He's finally coming back. Eight routes on 28% snaps here. Three targets, three receptions, 39 yards. That is 6.9 fantasy points on eight routes. Not bad for a rookie. This is the world where we take advantage of having Kyron. We know he's unathletic, right? We know he ran the slow 40, but he was explosive on the field at Notre Dame. In this situation, Cup is out. He's getting all the James White role. His best comparable on player profiler is James freaking White. Take advantage of it. Kyron Williams is going to be in this role. Cam Akers hasn't scored 6.9 fantasy points since week three because he is that was when he scored a touchdown. His snap share has decreased every single week since that game, including going through the, the trade deadline situation where it looked like he was going to depart. Ronnie Rivers was in this offense. Daryl Henderson, snap share increased 42%, 49%, 57 in the last three weeks. Four carries, 12 and six carries, two, two and one target. It looks like Daryl's going to get the carries. Kyron Williams is going to get the targets, and you're probably going to get a couple more carries per game out of Kyron Williams, but you're going to be getting targets. Again, it's Allen Robinson. Tyler Higby's obviously a buy. Ben Skoranek should get the, some targets, and Van Jefferson should, should be taking another step forward. But there's no guarantee. The Rams have the third best fantasy schedule for running backs the remainder of the season, and Kyron Williams is finally getting healthy. 28% snap share. This guy had three targets, three receptions, 39 yards. I think you can continue to watch this and monitor this and add Kyron Williams and buy Kyron Williams in certain sit situations. New Orleans, Kansas City, Seattle. They should be losing all three of those games. So that's going to be dump-off time to Kyron. Vegas, Green Bay, that's the next five. 
with a lot of primetime football currently slated between now and the fantasy football championship. James White won a shitload of people of fantasy football championships for about two years there. I think it was like 2016, 2017, or 2015, 2016, whichever way it was. If you know, you know. And I think Kyron Williams, if he can get healthy and stay healthy, even though this offensive line is booty cheeks, Kyron Williams can take advantage. 28% snaps, eight routes, three targets, three sessions, 39 yards. Efficiency, effectiveness, elusiveness. Well, elusiveness really doesn't go with Kyron, but the situation matters. The third, third situation that I'm monitoring is the Indianapolis Colts, Paris Campbell, the wide receiver 10 over the last six weeks. In the last three Matt Ryan starts, Campbell has finished as the wide receiver 9, 5, and 11 against Jacksonville, Tennessee, and the Raiders. Not perceived as great defenses, but in those three, he got 32 targets, 24 receptions, and 62.3 fantasy points. Campbell's also number one in slot snaps, number four in routes run, number 10 in target accuracy, and surprisingly for a player like Campbell, it's not all coming from downfield. You expect Paris Campbell to be working in the deep quadrants. His air yards and air yard share are outside the top 80 in fantasy football in the NFL right now. His yards per reception are down from 16.2 last year to 9.6. And the biggest thing here, the biggest note, is that he's healthy. Indianapolis has not had a bye yet this year. He's played 10 consecutive games for the first time since his senior year at Ohio State when he finished with 90 receptions, over 1,000 yards, and 12 touchdowns. This is almost exactly what we got out of Christian Kirk last year in his fourth season with the Arizona Cardinals before he departed in year five to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars with that monstrous contract. Paris Campbell's looking like the number two in this offense, like he should, like he planned, like Chris Ballard wanted him to be, and like we all fucking wanted him to be. Best comparable to Santana Moss, a dog. And he's just injury after injury after injury after injury. And he's now healthy. Take advantage of that. Michael Pittman obviously is in this offense. It's also no secret. It's not coming away from Michael Pittman. He's the alpha. When Matt Ryan's played those exact last three games with Campbell, Pittman has finished with 16, 9, and 9 targets in those same games. These two are working great off of each other. This is what was expected coming into the season. Jonathan Taylor takes the running game to the next level. Pittman, Campbell. In the receiving game, Matt Ryan elevates the whole offense, and the offensive line just coming together and being a cohesive unit. The defense has always been fine. It's the offense that looked like shit. Indianapolis still has an outside chance of making the playoffs. Don't get it twisted. I know we're in the honeymoon phase with Jeff Saturday, and I think Jeff Saturday uh, caught way too much flack for no reason. The job of a head coach is to bring a team together and to keep everything in-house, under control, and win games. The defensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator, the position coaches are the ones that actually are coaching the players and are actually the importance of you know play calling and doing things like that to actually win the games. The coach is just the face. And I think a lot of people from the outside give too much credit to the head coach, as Matt has talked about before. Shanahan, Shanahan. The difference is Shanahan calls plays, right? So Shanahan means a little bit more. But in most cases, some of these older coaches or some guys like Jeff Saturday, he's not going to call a place. He's going to just make sure everything's dialed. The situation is as best as possible for everybody involved. Now, the wide receiver that doesn't really matter, where the syrup gets sticky, is Alec Pierce. Seven, four, and two targets over those three games with Matt Ryan. 63% snap share this last week and zero receptions against Vegas. Kylan Granson had four for 57 and outproduced Alec Pierce. He's not good, man. He's just not good. Kiki Kuti. 
Kiki Kauti, Kiki Kuti, Kiti Kiti Kiki 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 is better than Alec Pierce. Kiki was signed and brought in, had a reception, 10 yards. Alec Pierce, two targets, nothing. 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 Now, if you're not already on Underdog Fantasy, go over to underdogfantasy.com today. Download the app Underdog Fantasy. Join the way too early wild card best ball tournament with the promo code Underworld to double your deposit up to $100 for new users. There's one guy I want to own in the way too early wild card tournament. How is it not Chris Godwin? He's the wide receiver 34 on the season. Oh, 34. That's not even a wide receiver. That's not even a number two, Cody. He's got six straight games with double digit fantasy points. Yes, none of which are over 20. But he just caught his first touchdown of the season. Six of the last seven games since his real ACL return. Obviously, he came back in week one, didn't have a good game, got hurt for a couple more weeks. Then he came back. Six of his last seven games, he's had over eight targets. Five of those seven have had over 10 targets. He just caught his first touchdown. Tampa's making the playoffs, and his value will be in the toilet because it's perceived that Tampa sucks. This is one of the top passing offenses in football still. They will make the playoffs, and they will host a playoff game. If they're hosting a playoff game in Tampa, they'll likely play against New York, Dallas, San Fran. Fuck, there's even a chance they play Green Bay. And I like their chances to win at least one game in the playoffs. San Fran's going to be a tough call, but I think New York, Dallas, Green Bay, I think Tampa handles their business at home against one of those teams. And that would give Tampa Bay at least two games in the NFL playoffs, including the way too early wildcard tournament on Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code Underworld for double your deposit for up to $100 for new users and jump in that tournament today. Today. We're still two months out from, you know, a month and a half out from the wild card. You can jump in today. Now let's get out of here and let's talk a little bit about the 2022 tight end class quickly because it is it has been very exciting, right? You want to start from the early part of the season to the late part, and I'll give you a little breakout at the end. Number one, Jelani Woods, top 12 tight end in week three fantasy points. Chigo Konkwu from Tennessee, top 12 in fantasy points in week four. Daniel Bellinger, New York Giants, top 12 in fantasy points in week five and week six. Kate Otten, top 12 in fantasy points in week five, seven, and nine. Jake Ferguson, top 12 in week six. Greg Dulcich in Denver, top 12 in six, seven, and eight. That was his debut weeks. Isaiah Likely was a top 12 tight end in week eight and nine. James Mitchell from the Detroit Football Lions, top 12 in week nine. Charlie Kohler has not played yet for the Baltimore Ravens, but he's ramping up in practice right now. He's still a few weeks away from having any output at all. I think he likely gets pushed back to next season for any fantasy purposes or thoughts uh, because Likely is there. Josh Oliver is there. And I think by the time Charlie Kohler is ramped up, I think Mark Andrews returns. And then that only negates him down to probably being an inactive because there's so many tight ends in this offense. But keep an eye on Kohler in Dynasty and adding him in future seasons. Trey McBride, 87% snap share in week 10. He is starting in week 11. Again, he has been behind Zach Ertz for the last 10 weeks. He's banged up a little bit during the process, but Trey McBride, 87% snaps in week 10. He was one of the biggest ads this week in fantasy. You've seen all of these tight ends, literally every tight end in this class, except for Kohler, who's been out all year with their sports hernia, have finished with a top 12 week in fantasy. Again, top 12 at tight end position is not special, but Trey McBride, 87% snap share in this role that Zach Ertz had. He will finish as a top 12 tight end in the coming weeks. Uh, this week, next week, the following week, it's going to happen for Trey McBride. The other one, and the deep stash that maybe people are, are oblivious to or blind to, is the one title we haven't mentioned yet. I'm going to give you six seconds to think. Jelani Woods, Jake Ferguson, Greg Dulcich, Isaiah Likely, 
Who's he thinking of? Dallas Goddard just got hurt. It's not Jack Stoll. It's not Tyree Jackson. It's Grant Kelsatera, the tight end out of Oklahoma, out of SMU, quite literally the best story among all these tight ends, a guy that retired early in his career from Oklahoma with neck and brain injuries, came back, went to SMU, He's turning 24 soon, best comparable to Hayden Hurst on playerprofile.com, 87th percentile 40-yard dash. I met him down at the Senior Bowl. He's just an all-around great guy, and he's got hands of, I was going to say hands of steel, but hands of steel wouldn't be catching a football. He plays the Indianapolis Colts this week. Grant Kelsatera was activated in week three. Goddard hit the IR, and this offense is as explosive as we've seen. Not only can you trust playing Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown like you can and like you have been every single week, but Grant Kelsatera from SMU, formerly from the University of Oklahoma, will have a top 12 fantasy week in the coming month. His best comparable on player profiler is James freaking White. 